Welcome to I Got Back Up. I'm Talia Lazarus, creator of I Got Back Up. And in August 2021, I was in a road accident. I didn't walk for 10 weeks. I had knee surgery that September and a second double knee surgery in February 22. My journey took me through greatest highs and extreme lows. We don't realize how much we take for granted until it is all taken away. The day I was able to get a glass of water all by myself was one of those little moments in life. Everyone has a story, and as humans, we always talk about when someone is back up or how something happened, but we don't discuss the middle part, the recovery, the journey, the darkness, the continuous roller coaster of ups and downs. It's a taboo subject for most, but here it's not. You have a chance to change your story, your outcome, your next chapter. You can face all your hurdles, obstacles and walls with us and those around you. You are not alone. We recover together. Today I'm joined by Josh Bazil in Washington, D.C. to discuss how his life changed at 18 years old. A practicing attorney, family man and disability rights advocate, Josh has since created his own adaptive sport, Slingshot Golf. Understand how Josh overcomes mental barriers, everyday life obstacles, and the true understanding that perspective is a superpower. So Josh and I actually got introduced uh, about six months ago now, uh, so the beginning of 2022. Um, but we're yet to meet in person. This is obviously virtual. But one day we're going to uh, definitely, uh, you know, come into America. <laughs> so how are you doing today? Loving life. It's a, it's a beautiful day. Been hard at work all day. And now I'm going to sp- spend some time with you, so it's even better. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to start blushing. <laughs> so how's life as a dad? Life as a dad, it's, it's definitely a lot louder. Um, mm-hmm. less, less sleep and all, all that good stuff. Uh, but we've been working, working hard to just try to be as present and connected as possible. And just, it's, it's definitely been, uh, an interesting ride. It's, it's different, uh, to be a dad with, so I've, I don't have any use of my arms. So I've been having to figure out all the different creative ways of, of making those touches, those connections and being able to bond with the little guy. He's, he's born in February of, of 2022. And so five months old now, he's already tripled in size. And he's, he's just, he's getting to that stage right now that he's just nonstop smiles and, and cooing and just, starting to kind of find like his, his laugh and it's just it's just every week's becoming like a new milestone which is just so much fun yeah no that sounds you know what that sounds adorable one day one day i'll have kids <laughs> one day <laughs> and one day we can t- we can we can share child stories together <laughs> So anyway, today we want to know all about you. So the floor's over to you. Introduce yourself and tell us about your story. So um, my journey started 18 years ago when I was 18 years old. So it was August of 2004. I was on a family vacation at the beach that I did every summer. And uh, ended up going to the ocean with a bunch of my friends. And uh, I was in, in the water, waist-high water, 
had a boogie board in my hands and my friends were playing football on the beach. And I got a little distracted and a wave just came behind me, picked me up, threw me over top of my boogie board. And I landed head first against the ocean floor. So my full 185 pound, six foot one body went straight on my head and compressed my spinal cord and burst my fifth cervical vertebra. And it just, it shattered. And I heard it like it reverberated through my entire body. And I was face down in the water and I was unable to move. And I'd be able to scream for help. Like I was just kind of stuck and just waiting. And I kind of put myself in a Zen-like state and was trying to conserve my energy, hoping that my friends on the beach would see me floating. And luckily they did. And they pulled me to shore. And it was the start to a, a brand new life. So it's just, it's kind of crazy to reflect 18 years. I was on my two feet playing sports. Like I was a college tennis player at 120 mile per hour serve. Like I was, I was, I was a beast at that part of my life. And I went from being completely independent and finding who I was as a person, as a young uh, college athlete, to then becoming really dependent on others to do the most basic things for me. And, you know, my, I didn't know, am I still an athlete if I can't move anything? And as time went on, I learned I, I am. And, um, you know, before my injury, I, I did things one million ways. And since my injury, I now do it one million new ways, one million different ways. And I've been figuring that out since uh, since my injury. And it's it's been pretty pretty fun to kind of be really creative and have a willingness to try and to get out there to to experience the world around you. And sports are really have been a huge part of my life that have given me. Um, a lot of joy and a lot of a lot of push to to be the best me and to be competitive once again. I mean, they've been so creative that you have actually created your own adaptive sport. I had to find a way. Like when, yeah. when I was laying on the beach, when my friends pulled me onto the beach, everybody was there's like a good 15, 20 people that gather around my body. And one of my best friends ran and got my dad and he came to the side of me and um, he saw the crunk in my neck where it was, I just broke my neck. It's, it's not a fun scene to see. And I asked my dad, I was like, what about our tea time tomorrow? Cause I was looking forward to like all, all for weeks prior that we were going to go play golf together. And I was just like, what about our tea time? And my dad looked me in the eyes. He's like, Joshua, we're not going to be able to make this one. And then when we did get back out, um, probably about a year after my injury, I, I went there as a spectator. Uh, I went there to watch and to see other people play. And it was great. It was so much fun to get back out. Like there's something special about being around sports and, and to be a fan. It's, it's also a beautiful thing. But like I had everything mentally to like play the game and play well and, I just physically didn't have 
the ability to do it or the tools to do it at that point. And then I ended up having a dream a few years later of this pendulum putter that you push with your hand forward, the putter head goes back and it just swivels back and forth on a pendulum. And I ended up going to the local hardware store and made a pendulum putting device with a frame structure that goes on a crossbar that's attached and it just swings back and forth, back and forth. I put it on the course. I was like, all right, I got something, but I need to find a way to calibrate this golf club. So we ended up taking a protractor with a ruler arm and we measured out on a really flat green that was over a hundred feet long, what every distance was from one foot to 10 feet to 20 feet to 50 feet to hundred feet. And then I ended up creating a distance sheet knowing what, if I move the, the ruler arm of the protractor to a specific degree, I know my exact power. And then, all right, so that helped us on the greens. And I was like, all right, how am I going to hit the long ball? And we ended up getting a, a slingshot that you just get right off of Amazon and uh, finding a different band that I put on it that has a bigger pocket. And we now launch golf balls with a slingshot. I have my caregiver, my friend, who's ever with me, hold, hold the slingshot. I tell them the height, the line, if they pull it to their shoulder, it can go like anywhere from 80 to 90 yards. They pull it back, uh, or that's their chest. They pull it back to their shoulder all the way. Some people can get it anywhere from 120 to 165 yards. So it can go over a football field in length, over our soccer pitch in length. And it's, it, it's, it's, we created a new sport called Slingshot Golf. And slingshot golf's played by quite a few people now, isn't it? We we brought out quite a few families to play, which is really fun, and we we really want to get it out to as many people as possible. Just to you know, just being able to get out there and playing competitive and having, you know, to, to make sure that you mentally know how you want to do your course management, how you want to get the ball on the green, and then got to make the putt. You don't sink it. You're <laughs> still your turn. And um, so it's so that's the beauty of slingshot golf. But then I fell in love with adaptive sailing. I now am able to to, to sail with my breath. It has two straws that come right in front of me. One straw, Sabina Puffet, does the rudder. Another straw does the the lines that control the sail. I'm out on the water, controlling the sailboat and being able to race against other people. Um, I do adaptive bowling where I have a special bowling ball that has no finger holes, but it has a special weight inside of it and dots on the, on the top of the surface. And depending on how I angle the dots, I can create spin to the left, spin to the right, and just be, basically be able to, to like, you know, direct the ball however I want it to spin into the pocket, and knock, over, knock over the pins. So sport can still be done by anybody. It might look differently. It might have different rules. It might have different tools. But getting out there and putting yourself to compete allows you to play again. And it's, I love it. Some people don't. Some people, you know, if I can't do it exactly like I did it before, I don't even want to try it. Screw that. I want to go have some fun. I want to compete. I want to, I want to play. Um, you know, I have so much life to still live, and I, I feel young. I'm 36 years old now. Got kids. I feel like I'm getting old. But know what? I, 
I still have so many beautiful days ahead of me filled with, with new experiences, fun experiences, and not only being able to do it myself, but then being able to become a coach and do it with my kids. I am mm-hmm. so excited for that. Like, I don't want my older to grow too fast, and I have a beautiful daughter as well, but I don't, I don't want them to grow too fast, but at the same time, I want them to grow enough so we can go play some sports against each other. But, um... <laughs> yeah no definitely definitely it's uh because that's what you always wanted you wanted yeah it was a dream of yours was to be able to play with your kids absolutely coach them i mean with regards to sport yeah coaching uh even before i ever started being able to do adaptive sports in my mind i was like i still want to coach and like i i knew that was possible because my tennis coach I saw him pick up a tennis racket like maybe once or twice in my entire tennis career. He was always behind me while there was a hitting partner in front of me and he would critique all the shots. So Josh, do this, mm-hmm. focus on this, loosen up your, your hand so it's lighter so you're using less energy. And he coached me every second, tell me what to do from right behind me. And it's like, all right, I got a voice. I got, got a comfortable chair to sit in. Like, I, can, I can do that behind you my kids and coach them, teach them tennis. So I kind of knew that early on that coaching was possible. I didn't know how, how much sports would be possible, but both are. No, definitely. And the thing is, would you say, I mean, sport has changed your life, hasn't it? Absolutely. It's sports have pushed me to become the best me. It's given me that competitive edge where it's, it's, it's given me that, that fight within me to figure out creatively, how am I going to beat my, my opponent? How am I going to figure out a way to make sure that I can be at the highest level of my skills and talents and make sure that I deliver on game day? So obviously, it's always taking practice. It takes confidence. It takes the ability to problem solve on, on the spot which in so many ways, sports gives you so many life lessons to be really competitive in the business world, to be competitive in whatever you want to do um, at the highest level. So like, I've, I've used what I've learned in, in sports as, as, a, as a child and as, as a teenager to push me through undergrad, to motivate me to graduate magna cum laude from law school uh, without ever flipping a page with my fingers. <laughs> And I found a way through technology to be able to do all of my, my computer uh, technology with reading of books, with flipping pages, with typing with my voice, with researching. Like, you know, there, there's different tools in your bag. Um, you know, even with golf, for any situation, you have a different golf club that will help you get closer to getting the ball in the hole, which is your goal. And I kind of use that in the same way with the different um, goals that I have in mind. I see my goal, it's very far away. I need to figure a way to get there, given my unique abilities, which I still have many abilities. Um, you know, pe- people, people might look at me and think like, you can't do that. You can't do that. But like, if I focus on what I can do, that allows me to always move forward. If I keep focusing on what I can't do, life becomes a really, an uphill battle where you're trying to like 
always go against the wind or go against the hill. And it's just, it's a struggle. If you find like a flat surface or a downhill road where you're continually progressing in the right direction, life becomes so much easier, so much fun, and you get to your destination so much faster. Mm-hmm. It's all about perspective though, isn't it? Because um, like you were saying, if you focus on what you can do rather than what you can't do, and that's, that's definitely perspective. Perspective is my superpower. I feel like I got some great perspective. And, it, and it's given me unique abilities to be able to go after my day, go after my mm-hmm. life, go after my dreams. I never stopped dreaming of becoming a father. I knew I knew what I needed to do. I needed to be able to first be able to provide for a family. I needed mm-hmm. to be able to fall in love with the right person, to be able to raise a kiddo. I'm, I don't want to do it alone. I wanted to have the right partner to make sure that it's, that this becomes a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I found that person fell in love so hard. She's the most, <laughs> she's the most incredible person I could ever dream of. And I get to do it. With my best friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell a little bit about how you and Katie met? I love it. <laughs> so Katie and I, uh, we met, uh, on match.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw her profile. And obviously, I had a little confidence, so I went and gave her a message and uh, started talking back and forth. Took her on our first date. We ended up going to a, a Thai restaurant and had a little. Mm-hmm. And um, the date went so well. And next, brought her uh, to a rose garden, uh, which was nearby our home, and we went through for a stroll and played different. Uh, kind of different games with each other. We did, uh, it was kind of silly, but we did, we did, uh, Game of Thrones was going on around that time. Mm-hmm. So ended up creating like a game of going through, through the thorn bushes, talking about, uh, different celebrities and kind of playing the Game of Thrones roles of mm-hmm. survive. It was not kind of, it was not, it was kind of silly, but, but really fun. And we just kept on going after date, after date, after date. Mm-hmm. And, um, then next thing I knew, uh, I brought her, uh, we went on a little, uh, trip together and asked her to be my girlfriend. She said yes. And then uh, a month later, I got to meet, uh, Katie's daughter, um, Fable, who is the most incredible little girl. I got so spoiled by having such a smart, healthy, fun, but energetic girl. So, She's an incredible daughter. Fell in love with her. And then the pandemic started. Um, I was like, all right. We, I, I knew for a fact that COVID was not going to go away anytime soon. Um, and I was like, we got we to gotta hunker down together. Let's do this. So we all moved in together, which was the best because I got to be surrounded by the people I cared about the most. And surviving a pandemic relationship is a testament. To things that can work, especially we did it in a small two-bedroom condo um, mm-hmm. with a dog, and I have a caregiver, and just a lot of bodies in a very small space. <laughs> we survived that, and then about a year and a half ago, we uh, we bought a home together, and um, five months ago, we had a baby boy together. So it's it's been a really 
fun, fun ride and so many beautiful days ahead of us. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. It's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a romantic, so I love to hear those stories and, and, um, I mean, do you want to share how you proposed? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we proposed, I wanted to find a way to involve Fable to be a part of it. So we, I know she loves stuffed animals and one of her favorite, uh, is, is a unicorn. So I ended up finding a unicorn. We ended up doing a kind of a family photo op. It was, it was actually planned for by, uh, my nonprofit every year I do a, a newsletter. And um, so I kind of staged as like, all right, we need to go do family photos for this newsletter. <laughs> so I ended up taking uh, this unicorn and um, I, it was by, right by the photographer who was actually Katie's best friend. Um, she's known since grade school. And um, all of a sudden, Kate and uh, Katie's best friend ended up calling Fable over to come grab this unicorn. And she ends up grabbing it and then runs back to, to, to mommy and shows it to, to Katie. And right on the unicorn uh, horn is uh, a ring. And uh, right then and there, I asked Katie to be my wife. And I asked Fable, are you cool with me being your daddy? And both said yes. <laughs> and then we had the photo off, which was perfect to capture the moment. Yeah. It's you know what what's beautiful about that it was a, it was a double it was a double question and you had a, a double yes so the best two yeses ever yeah I'm sure I'm sure yeah it's 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 beautiful and you know what it is like you said it's it's nice to have your best friend um, you know that you've got all this life ahead of you and it's nice to have your best friend with you it is um, life life is too short not just to to go after it and to surround yourself with good people and to, mm-hmm. to find your path. You know, being able, I mentor so many families over the years through my nonprofit, um, thousands of families. And I try to get to them as early on as possible within their journey so that I can deliver specific messages to help them on a better path forward. And one of those messages, whether you have a disability or you don't, it, it reigns true. Nobody's going to fight harder for you in your life than you're going to fight for yourself. So you need to become your own best advocate. You need to find your voice. You need to find what, what direction you want to move in. So like getting into adaptive sailing, I love to talk about becoming your own captain of your ship. And being your captain means that you get to direct which direction you get to go in. And but along that along that voyage, it's important to invite crewmates because if you have to do that voyage alone, it becomes very lonely, it becomes scary, and it can it can become very overwhelming. But if you have crewmates, if you have friends, if you have family members, if you have loved ones, if you have coworkers, if you have people that come along that journey with you, it becomes so much easier. But you need to direct what direction you want to go in. And how you want to get there. But like having those friends along, having that support just allows you to be the best you and to not do it alone and to like really get to your destination. 
it becomes that much more enjoyable as well because you get to share it with others. Because that's the thing, because unfortunately when people go through, whether it's an accident or an injury or, or anything, whatever someone's going through, it can be a very lonely place and it can take all your independence away from you. Um, so it's, 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 it's figuring out that you're not alone in a way. You're, you're, you're not alone. As long as you're willing to invite people in, you're not going to be alone. The internet is is a beautiful thing these days to connect everyone. You know, and back in the in the old days when the internet didn't exist, you know, families would get stuck in their homes and they wouldn't leave. And but nobody would then end up seeing them. So it was like you were stuck there. You might have had the phone to be able to connect with people, but the internet allows us to connect with each other and learn from each other that much more. Um, I started a a website through my nonprofit called Spinalpedia.com. And what I wanted to give with Spinalpedia.com, I started it in 2007, so a few years after my injury. I wanted to make sure that, that the spinal cord community had mentors at every level of injury. So if I was one level above my injury, I, I might, might be on a ventilator. One level below that, I would regain another muscle group. One level below that, a finger. A finger, another finger, and another finger. As as you go down your your spinal cord, and it branches out to different body parts. So every level of injury becomes a different world of functionality. So you need mentors to kind of be there with you to show you what's possible within that unique world. So Spinalpedia does that. It takes videos and content on the internet and categorizes it and subcategorizes it. Um, so it's it's searchable through what, whatever that type of video is. And then we then break down the videos by physical functionality so that within the exact world that person can connect with that, that unique video. And now we have over 23,000 videos um, that are part of our, our database, our archive. And you put your exact movement in, and next thing you know, you have 500 to 1,000 mentors to learn from to show you what's possible and how to do it. Doesn't mean that you have to do it exactly the way they do it, it just gives you ideas either on how to do it yourself or how not to do it, which sometimes is just as valuable. Um, And this, I mean, you came up with all of this after your accident, obviously. I I wanted to find a way to give back and to contribute. I'm so blessed and lucky to have an incredible family, incredible support system, to have a strong mind and you know i will i've always wanted to make sure that you know people gave me so much early on in my injury i wanted to make sure i could give back and pay it forward and to to be a force for good you know physically i'm limited to what i can do but with my mind with my my sexy wheels i'm able to get out into the world and go around and turn some heads like I'm, as an advocate, like I wheel down the street, I could f- turn a few people's heads. But if I get a wheel down the street with, with you know, 10 friends in chairs or a group of 10 other people, like you, you start turning heads and, and people are, get to see the world differently. And being able to, mm-hmm. to, to, to change the world through mentoring, through sport, through adventures, through 
whatever you, whatever you name it, being able to do that, we're changing the way the world sees paralysis and what's possible. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm a big believer that anything's possible with the right attitude, with creativity, the willingness to try, and the right tools in place to allow you to, mm-hmm. to experience what you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely interesting for when people come across obstacles because, you know, depending on anyone's, everyone's situation, whatever it is that people are going through, you face obstacles, whatever it is. Um, and it's, it's kind of taking that on board when you kind of arrive to that, that, you know, that standstill or that moment where you're not sure what to do. We will always have challenges, no matter our abilities. Every day we wake up, there's, there's challenges we face, some small, some large, some physical, some mental, some, some that the world is just putting on us. But it's a matter of us figuring out a way to make it work, to approach it, and to really just make sure that that those obstacles don't stop us from living life. You know, the second we let our obstacles stop us, those obstacles are, are just going to hold us back. They're going to weigh us down. But by, like, overcoming those obstacles, figuring our way ar- over it, around it, under it, there, there's always a path. There's always a path forward. Um, it's just a matter of being able to take the time and energy and creativity to figure it out. Um, and, uh, you know what, if sometimes we, we face a challenge that becomes too overwhelming for us to do, that's when we can like ask for help. But a lot of times people hear, you know, the word accommodation as, as, oh my God, I need help. I need, uh, they think of it as a weakness because I need something to be able to, to do or accomplish what I'm trying to do. I'm a, I'm a big believer that, that an accommodation is not a weakness. It's creating an even playing field. It's giving you the tools you need to accomplish your day. So, like, I really wish, like, the word of reasonable accommodation would go away. I would, I'd rather call it a performance enhancer because you're just giving somebody a new tool to, to perform at a higher ability. That's not a bad thing. Everybody wants to perform at a higher ability. Everybody wants the newest golf club so they can hit the ball further. Um, it's if every time you said, all right, I'm going to accommodate you by giving you this new golf club, people will be like, wait, what? Like, no, I don't want that. Wait, I guess I do. If it starts becoming a confusing, like, accommodation, but if you performance enhancing in the workplace allows people to be better workers, allows people to exercise harder, to do more exercises, get more range of motion. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's just, there's so many tools out there. There's so many different pieces of technology, software, you name it. There's a lot of things out there that can help us go throughout our day. And I guess the the big thing I would want to say is, is understanding the importance of, of mental health as well, investing in yourself and, you know, I, I love to tell the fact that every two weeks I, I meet with a psychotherapist. Uh, I, do, I do psychotherapy. It's a therapist to be able to talk through things. Half the time my, my therapist literally says, talks for maybe two minutes. I'm talking 
the whole time. And I'm figuring it out by just having an environment where I can get everything that's building up on my mind out of, of my mouth. And as you talk about it, where you figure it out, you can problem solve. And, and it's an investment in you. It's an investment in your day, an investment in different obstacles that are facing you. And you're trying to find a way to get around it and, uh, and to uh, make the most of it. So it's mental health is something that everybody needs to invest in and physical health as well. Um, exercise does the body good. So doing both is, is a good balance. How did you find things, obviously, with your mental health, how did you find kind of everything changed in a way? Can, can you say that one more time? No, of course, of course. How did you find, um, obviously, after your accident, um, what happened with your mental health? Um, you know, kind of what was the story of that? So every single person that has a spinal cord injury ends up going into some level of depression. We ask questions, why me? Is this really my future? It, I call it the dark days because you, you end up going from completely independent to dependent on others or your body slowed down so much that you're like, you're, you're in a bed for a little while or you're in a chair for a little while. There's so many different levels of paralysis. Um, so it's, you know, being able to overcome not only the physical paralysis, which then so often creates some form of mental paralysis, being able to figure out ways to overcome that. And I'm a big believer in hope in any shape, size, or form. Some people call it false hope. Some people call it real hope. Um, but it's just any dose of hope is good because it gives you a motivation to fight for your future. So like I, I got hope from friends and family members after my injury, like we're going to beat this. You're going to walk again. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And having that hope told me that during physical therapy, I'm going to exercise as hard as I possibly can to, to, to physically get to that goal. I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can because I believe that, that this, there's a future, a future that I can be a part of and fight for. Um, so I, uh, I definitely um, try to motivate families early on by giving them hope in every shape and size. And it, it definitely helps tackle those early dark days and to get you continuing to move forward. Um, So what piece of advice would you give to somebody? That's uh, what somebody, somebody that's really injured, anybody that's in this world today. Somebody that's, yeah, somebody that's, somebody that's injured or somebody that's going through a dark time. So for anybody that's going through a dark time, it's so important to know that you don't have to do this alone. You don't have to be by yourself. Reaching out to friends, to family, to psychologists, to whoever uh, can be there to support you, to have your back, to be able to talk through this with you. It's just, it allows you to better know who you are 
and invest the time and energy into figuring out what this all means and what direction you want to go in to overcome it. Um, it takes time. It takes energy. But you are worth it. You are 100% worth it. Your days are worth it. Your life's worth it. Your future is worth it. And sometimes we got to fight for it. And, and it's not going to always be easy. If it was always easy, it wouldn't be as beautiful as it is. Because those, those dark moments make those happy moments that much more special. Those, you know, being able... Like, I, I'm a big believer in little things. And the little things in life are that much sweeter. And, and it makes those moments that much more special. Um, I, I go by, I love the three second rule where during special moments, I like to take a three second pause and absorb that moment with all of my different senses. So I try to smell the moment for three seconds. I try to hear the moment for three seconds. I try to see the moment for three extra seconds. And each time I do a different one of my senses and all of a sudden I build a long-term memory of that moment and I get to hold it that much longer. In life, in life there's, there's going to be different moments that are hard, different moments that are beautiful. Um, but all those moments together make up life. And it's, we, have the, we have this life to live, so let's, let's live it to our best abilities and keep experiencing it and going after as many different memories as we can. I don't even think I have much words to follow up from that because that was um, what you just said was, I mean, it was beautiful because you're right. It's, it's, it's being so much in that memory, but not just visually seeing the memory. It's, you know, feeling all your senses in, in any way you possibly can. And it is, it's almost better than taking a photograph. <laughs> it's, being, it's being present. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is this being present. So no, this was uh, this was great, and I'm so so glad that we finally got to chat again. <laughs> this is fun. Oh, yeah. getting to spend time with you always brings a smile to my face. So. Thank you. Oh, you're, gonna, you're gonna make me uh, blush again, <laughs> and and me too, as you can see. But it's nice because you know we you know we email each other, we have each other on social media, but to kind of. To be able just to to chat on video, it's 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 so different to to texting and all of that. Seeing a person or you know hearing a person, it's it's a different experience. It is, it is, and that's um, COVID definitely changed a lot of things uh, for the better and for worse. Mm-hmm. But one of the things for the better, at least for me, getting more normalcy around video. Uh, it's, it's made made travel a lot easier. Made I've been able to get a lot, get to a lot more meetings that much faster, rather than wheeling through the, through the streets of Washington D.C. Um, and um, so it's it's being able to even do this with you, where we're out, we're a few thousand miles away, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, and to be able to a few thousand miles in a few different time zones. Yep. <laughs> gotta love that but we we did we made it happen and we're we're sharing our stories together mm-hmm. 
Definitely, definitely. And we're going to share them in person soon. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to absolutely make sure of it. I would love that. No, the DC, Maryland area. We'd love to have you. Good. I've never been that way. So, uh, and it's always been on my list. So I'm going to knock it up a couple of spaces higher. (laughs) That's awesome. Can't wait to meet the kids and uh, it's maybe some slingshot golf. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Slingshot golf and we'll, we'll do it all. We'll do it all. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. And maybe I'll bring a unicorn teddy bear because I feel like it, it uh <laughs> There are unicorn teddy bears or unicorns anything is always welcome to this house. Well then I'll find everything unicorn I can possibly find. That's uh everything I can find, I'll I'll bring it. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. I'm sure they'll have a unicorn London keyring somewhere. <laughs> The fact that we both of us probably would be willing to buy it means it has to exist. Absolutely, absolutely. And if it doesn't, I'm sure it will soon. That's <laughs> all in it. We can create it. That's that's life, isn't it? Yes. We can create it. Well, it was a pleasure to chat to you again, and um, we'll definitely speak soon. Thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. This was so much fun, and until the next time. And definitely till until the next time. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. I always love chatting to you. And next time, let's make sure it's in person. Washington, London, or somewhere in between. And thank you for listening. Try the three-second pause for yourself sometime and indulge into your senses. And remember, perspective really is a superpower. See you next time.